Glad that you're here today. We're, uh, we're in the middle of our Sunday Fun Day series. And I don't know if you got an orange bulletin when you walked in, but the notes are in there. If you feel like taking notes, follow along with us today. The message is going to be short and sweet today because I'm going to give you time to get out in the lobby and enjoy some of that, get some donuts. If you're not in a small group, today's the day to be a part of a small group. And, and that's what I'm going to be talking to you about. Not, not just, well, the title's a little bit elusive today because uh, it says basic church geometry. So I'll explain that in just a minute. But... As, as we're talking about small groups, let me tell you what I have learned in my small group. Uh, most of them were in the first service, but I'll, I'll share with you a little bit what I've learned. Now, our small group started about seven and a half years ago. There's uh, seven or eight couples in it. Most of those couples, not all of them have been in it the whole time, but most of them have been in it most of the time, probably at least five years. So we've, we've seen our kids go from elementary to... To junior high, you know, they're like elementary to junior high age when we started, and now the youngest ones are junior high and the oldest ones are in college. And the next, you know, the next seven, six, seven years, we're going to get to see those kids graduate college, get married, have kids, uh, all of that. And what I've learned is, I'm not going to, I can't tell you all the juicy details, but I have learned that uh, Michael and Kurt can take your car and completely dismantle it down to every bolt, gasket. They can put it back together with added turbos, horsepower, all kinds of stuff. That, that's what Michael and Kurt can do. Um, I have, let's see, with Brent and Chris, I have learned more about ammunition than any one human being needs to know in a lifetime. Um, with the other Chris, I have found out what a terrible workout program that I actually do because Chris is a competitive bodybuilder, which means competitive dieting also. So he does that like twice a year for six months at a time. It's, it's incredible. Um, let's see, Sean. I found out that Sean, I thought I was a Sooners fan. I, you know, those Sooner born, Sooner bred and all that. Not compared to Sean. Sean's the biggest Sooners fan. He's the guy that drives to the bowl games with no, or flies to the bowl games with no tickets, knowing that he can get them when he gets there. Just scalp them, you know, and, and does that at every one of them. So... Um, he's the biggest. Did I miss anybody? I was trying to think if no. I think that's everybody. That, those are some of the those are some of the fringe things that I've learned. Some of the things that I can share through our small groups over the years. But things that I can't give you details about. You know, I've learned things about. I know where every one of them work, and a little history. A lot of times on their jobs, I can give you some details about what they do for a living. Um, many of them have switched jobs in the in those. Six or seven years that we've been in small groups together, so I've seen career changes in there. Um, a couple of our families have had struggles in their families, whether that be in marriage or their kids or health, and all of us together have been through that. And, and I want to say those things because as, as we talk about small groups and as we talk about community, I want you to understand it's not just something that we do twice a year at South Point and we throw in small groups here and there. Small groups are it, as far as we're concerned at South Point. That's where the real ministry goes on in community. And if you go out into the common grounds, you'll see our those seven things hanging on the wall. That's our seven core values. The little picture with uh, with a one line definition under there. And community is out there. But what you don't get, unless you go to the website is the big definition of it. And I want to share that with you today and show you why, just read you why. 
Community is so important to us here at South Point. So you can read this along with me if you want. It says, South Point believes God did not create us to live life alone. Can I get an amen on that? And that church is a family. God is a relational God and it has always existed in relationship with others. And we are created in his image to do the same. We believe in friendship, walking through life together, praying for each other, caring for each other's needs, expressing God's love to the world together, and sharing our lives. Can I tell you today that you need community? All right, I got like two amens. Let me say it again. You need community in your life. You're wired for community. It's in your DNA, physically, spiritually. You need other people. And the great thing about it is, is they need you. That's just the way it works. And that's why, that's why we're doing this message today. That's why I've got the shirt on. And that's why your first point is this. Circles are greater than rows. All right, rows are great. That's what we do here today. But can I tell you, that's only half the experience. If, you, if you're not in a small group, you're only getting half of what God designed you to get. You're getting the big group setting. You're getting the, man, it, it's great. I'm telling you, you're not going to get much better worship than that. That was awesome this morning. This message probably be the best message you've ever heard. I mean, it's, maybe not. But what I'm saying is this is always good. You're going to get good stuff. But this is only half. This is the surface part of it. This is the shoulder to shoulder, right? And there are things that can happen in here that are great. This, it's great stuff, but it's only part of it. The deep stuff happens in small groups, happens in those circles when you sit down with uh, six or eight people like you or another six or eight couples or however you do that. Sit down and, and, and get to go deeper, get to find out. So we read this scripture this morning in church. How do you apply that to your life? I can't figure it out. And then the group starts talking about it. You guys share ways that it affects your family or your career or how you pray about it or how, whatever that is. It allows you to go deeper with God's word and not just, not just learn it like we do in here. But when you're in a small group, you're able to discuss things. Listen, we, this isn't set up for Q&A, right? It, it's set up for a lecture, so to speak, a message, a sermon. But small groups are set up for the Q&A, for the question and answer, so that you can go deeper with people and then you can understand how to live out what you're learning and what you believe. So the shoulder-to-shoulder is great, but the face-to-face is even greater. That's where it's really going to happen. If you're not in a small group, today's your day. Where, where real care happens is going to be in circles. It's going to be in your small group. Where real accountability happens, where you can help one another, that's going to be in your small group. Where real belonging and friendship. How many love friends? How many hate friends? I'm taking notes on this one, all right? I saw some pointing. Don't be pointing, okay? We all want more friends. We all want more people in our life. And you know why? Because you're wired that way. From the very core of who you are. God created us that way. He's been in relationship since the beginning. If you read Genesis chapter 1, it says, let us make man in our image. Let us. Before God created anything, he said, let us. You know who he's talking to? God the Father was talking to God the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that, that trinity, those three together, he's always been in relationship. And that's what community is for us now. Doing life alone, no, not satisfactory. In fact, our goal at South Point is our goal is this. That if, 
if the building disappeared, heaven forbid, and all the pastors disappeared, that South Point would just keep on going in circles. Amen? That's the way it should be. Let me, let me read you a verse out of Ecclesiastes that says this. Ecclesiastes is uh, uh, 12 chapters that Solomon wrote. Solomon, the wisest man ever. He throws us a little something about doing life alone versus being in a small group. This is what he says. Two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. Okay, so this afternoon when it gets nice out and you go wash your car, call your neighbor over. Let him help you with that. That's what that means, okay? Get a better return. Verse 10. If either, here's really why. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Have you ever known anybody, friends, acquaintances? Have you ever known anybody that fell in one way or another and didn't have a close group, a close two or three or four friends that were there to help them? Have you ever known anybody in their health that fell? Fell in life, something happened in their health, and they're going through tragic health situation by themselves? That's almost impossible. It's just destined to be more painful. But not just the, the extreme tragedy. What about just life? What about going through struggles if you fall in your marriage? As if people that are married more than a dozen years or so, or five, you're going to struggle. That's part of it. That's what good, strong marriages are built on. Lots of struggling. Amen? It's part of it. And you can't do that alone. You need other couples to sit across from in a small group and go, Do you dream about burying your spouse out back also? And when they go, no, you go, me neither. I heard Billy Graham's wife, uh, you know who Billy Graham is. Billy Graham's wife was being interviewed one time. She said, uh, you know, the interviewer said, do you ever, have you ever thought about, you know, uh, divorcing him? And she said, divorce? No, I've never thought about divorcing him. She said, now murder, it's crossed my mind a few times. I thought that was way too true. Uh, But you know what I'm saying. I'm being facetious, but you need people to sit. We're not shoulder to shoulder, but face to face in a circle that where you can bounce things off of. Do you, you guys look like you have a perfect marriage. How do you do it? Well, first of all, let me tell you, we don't have a perfect marriage. We had lots of struggles getting to here. We we think we're past the fail part. But let me tell you how we got there. Let's, let's talk about those times. Let's talk about us going to counseling. Let's talk about us having a come to Jesus meeting and we're being honest. Let's talk about what one of us had to stop doing and one of us had to start doing. And let's, let's talk about those things so you can see there's a lot of work that went into this. Does that make sense? Where he says that I pity those that don't have somebody there to help them when they fall. You know why? Because you're doing it alone. And I'm telling you, one of the, the most difficult things is when, when I talk to somebody that's struggling and they say, I feel like nobody understands where I'm at. You know what that translates to a pastor as? I'm not in a small group. Because if I was in a small group and I'm a, I'm a lady, I would have one or two more ladies that knew what was going on in my life. Or if I'm a guy, I'd have another guy or two that would know what's going on in my life. Would never come out of my mouth, not, not now, that I'm the only one that knows what I'm going through. The men in my small group would have already checked me. They're, we're too good of friends now after seven years. Does that make sense? I can't fall alone anymore. I've rigged my life where there's no falling for Scott by himself. You know why? Because I'm weak. If I fall by myself, I may not get up. I know Scott. 
I know this world. So I've rigged it with my small group. You know what I'm saying? I've invested my life into our small group. People have sometimes asked us, how come you... Now, not all small groups are this way, depending on what kind of group it is, but like our group is closed. We closed our group a couple of years ago because we didn't want just different people, new people in and out all the time and nobody building relationships. We said, well, instead of just like adding to ours and moving people and all that, let us grow together for decades. And if new people want to come, let them, let's, let's make new groups. And so we started doing that. And that's why we have dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of groups in every stage of life that you'd ever want. So that when people fall, and we all do, when people struggle, that you don't do it alone. That you get to do that with other people. That you don't have to hit the bottom. That there's people there to hook your arms and go, we're here. We're with you. We're walking with you. We're praying with you. We're supporting you. Amen? That's where the real stuff comes from. But, but he goes on in Ecclesiastes. Verse 12 says this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Everybody say fight. Yeah. One is overwhelmed at just keeping their head afloat. But two... You can defend yourselves. You can fight back. You can gain some ground back. But it even goes on one more little line under that. He throws in the small group. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. He said, even in nature I see it. That's what he's saying. You get this one string and you can pop that string, right? But you get two strings and you wind them together and they're stronger. But if you can get three and you can braid three strings, you can, that's called a rope. It's no longer a string. You know what I'm saying? It's strong together. And that's the illustration that he's using for us in small groups. That, that we ought to invest ourselves in other people's lives. Remember I said earlier you need community and community needs you. We ought to invest ourselves in other people's lives because it helps us. But it also helps them. That's the way it, that's the way it happens. We go through good times, we celebrate together. We go through bad times we fall together. We defend ourselves together. We grow together. You know, our group, like tonight, we're, we're actually meeting, uh, we're meeting at the Graham's house. So we'll go to the Graham's house. Everybody will show up, put the food along the, the table or the counter. Everybody shows up. We'll pray, send the kids through first. Whatever's left, us adults get to eat. You know how that works. So we'll, we'll go through, get our food. Usually the ladies go to the dining room. The men go to the living room, wherever the football game's on, right? Amen, men, right? We're in there. We sit in there for 30 or 45 minutes, just shooting the breeze, talking about life, learning about cars, ammo, all that kind of stuff, bodybuilding, all the, what, what everybody's going through in life. And then we bring everybody together in one room. So we're going to talk about whatever you talk about. For our group, we always go over the notes, those very notes that are in your that are in your bulletin, the point group discussion at the bottom. We'll talk about that. So what did you think of the message today? What stood out? What did God speak to your life on? Go over those scriptures. What impacted you? How's God speaking to you? What would you share with everybody here? All of those kind of things. And then we always end with, what do we need to pray about? Anything going on in our lives that we need to pray about? You know I know how to pray for every single person, including their kids, in my small group. I know about their kids. I know about their relationships. I know the, the marriages that have struggled, the, the health, that have, health that has struggled. I know all of those things. Because that's where real community happens. We have 400 people at South Point. I don't know all 400 people. I know most by face. I know about half by name. But I know about, let's see, we have about, 
seven, I think, couples in our small group. I know them very well. I know their ages. I know what I know who doesn't like celery, and uh, I know who is only meat. Uh, I know some of those little quirky things that you get to know people after years of doing that. Also, know how to pray for them. I have some of their relatives, including some of their kids, on our prayer list that we've not taken off since we put them on there years ago. We're going to pray for them because that's where it really happens. Anytime we hear about a family at the church that is in great need for one reason or another, what our staff will do, our first question we ask, what small group are they in? Because that's where the real care is going to happen. You know, like the organization, the church, it can give a level of care and a level of concern for sure. For sure we could do that. But we're not going to get that individual concern that your small group would because they know you. Because they know who you are. They know what you need. They know when you're sick to bring you over hot tamales and Gatorade because that's what you like. They've done it before. I never forget when my daughter, my daughter has had multiple broken bones since we've been in our small groups from cheering and surfing. And I never forget getting home after vacation and she broke her ankle and the next six hours, we, we just drove in from Texas in the next six hours or so, we were bombarded with our small group showing up, the kids mostly with their parents showing up and just giving my daughter get well cards and candy and all that kind of stuff. Not that that would help the broke leg at all, but it sure helps your spirit knowing that your friends know and that they're caring for you and they're reaching out. And I don't know that anybody else in the church even knew about it, but our small group all knew about it within hours of it happening in Florida. Does that make sense? Because that's what community's for. That's where it happens. And another thing about small groups is if you wait until you need it, it won't be there. And that's, that's just the facts. And the reason I say that is when you need smarter, when you need somebody that knows you, when you need somebody that's invested in you, need somebody that'll care for you, if you don't have it, it's not going to be there because a small group takes time. It's like Sunday. I don't, there are very few Sundays that that one Sunday changes your entire life. That happens sometimes. God does those things. But what Sunday is so amazing about is the accumulation of coming and celebrating and worshiping and, and being encouraged by people and hearing God's word and praying at the end and help me apply this, Lord. And, but months of that and years of that, that grows you as a person. And the accumulation is the effect. Does that make sense? It's the same way in a small group. If you wait till you need it, you won't have it. But if you begin to invest in it now, maybe where you say, well, I don't know that if I need it. But you invest in it now. What you do is you learn that I can't live without it. I've got to have a small group. That, you know, sometimes in our small group, we'll go, we'll go maybe two months of just having fun. Like, especially if it's summertime, we'll just have a pool party at so-and-so's house, or we'll just meet at this restaurant, or we'll all go to Heyday. And we're not doing anything but praying over our meal. That's the most spiritual we get. But we're just with our small group. But then in August, like when it's small groups launch again, we get serious again about praying for one another, about finding out what everybody's going through, what needs do you have. And that's where the, the saying that circles are greater than rows that's where it really begins to matter is when you begin to ask those questions, when you begin to get into each other's life and let them know, man, I want you to know, like, we love you guys. 
because we're with you all the time. We love you guys because we know you. We love you guys because we've been through life with you. And there's a, a, a level of friendship that you just can't get shoulder to shoulder that you can grow face to face. Now, let me, let me wrap it up. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to be quick, get out of here and get you, uh, get you some opportunity to find you a small group today. Change your life. Let me ask you a question. In fact, I'll just use me in this scenario because it works real well with me. And if your life would plug into this, just plug it in. But here's what I think about. I, I ask myself this question. What if my parents who spun out when I was about fourth or fifth grade, drastically spun out, what if before my parents spun out, they had a group of three or four or five other couples that they'd been doing life with, with for a few years? And all of a sudden, they went through this really bad patch. And then they took some bad choices and bad turns. And they begin to spin out in life. I, I don't know what would happen. But the reason I bring that up is because I have seen people in our small group super close friends of mine that are still here to this day, that their marriage is stronger than ever today, begin to spin out. And the small group go, nope. Did you hear about so-and-so? Yep, what are we doing about it? Well, somebody needs to call them. Well, that's us. We're the small group. Is it our business? Yes, that's why they're in our small group. Let's, let's call them. Let's go over there. We've had a couple of those through the years with different, different people in our small group. And they're still here today. Strong marriages, strong situations in their lives. Because they had groups that said, listen, you can go spin out if you want. We can't make you. But you're going to have to go through the people that love you to do it. I wonder sometimes, if the other people in my life now, that maybe people in this room, that before the fall happens got in the small group and began to invest and began to love on people and grow in that relationship, work through the hard times and celebrate the good times. When that fall comes, nobody's saying, oh, I pity them because they fall by themselves. Everybody goes, I never even knew they fell. Because sometimes that's what it looks like in a small group. Because the small group rallies around and picks you up, carries you, defends you, works with you prays for you, never gives up on you. That's what small groups are for. Circles are greater than rows. Rows are awesome. It's only part of the experience. Where the deep community happens is going to be in circles over time in your life. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you today. Really do, Lord. Thank you so much that you don't just uh, tell us this in your word, but you show it by your example. None of us, none of us in this room want to do life alone. We understand that doing life alone is no fun, that falling in any situation, whether that's our health or, or our finances or relationships, whatever that is, by ourselves is, is deadly. We don't want that either. So today, Lord, we pray that every person in this room would make it number one priority to find a group, a small group of people they're in the same season of life that they are, to invest in, to begin to uh, be a part of, to learn about, to grow with. So that if the day would ever come when they would need, that those around them would link arms, link their hearts, link their minds, would pray, 
work and do what needs to be done to defend them and to not be broken, as your word says. Jesus, we love you. We love you for loving us. It's in your name that we pray.